Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor at Midwestern Seminary and author in residence, and I just said some things out of order. I got, I got confused. <laughs> you know what I did? Co-host Ross Ferguson, academic advisor to the stars. You know what I did? It was as I was saying the opening... I was conscious of the fact that I keep pronouncing Midwestern, Med, Midwestern, Midwestern. Yeah. And so my brain was like, don't call it Mid- Midwestern, say Midwestern. And I was so concentrated on the hard I uh-huh. that I forgot what I was yeah. talking about. It's one of those left brain, right brain things, maybe. You've been doing this so long. That- <laughs> you know, most places they like can the opening yes. and they just tacked on. We do it. Yeah, I don't think people realize this is fresh every single it's time. It's fresh, man. And uh, so sometimes I mess it up. Sometimes I play with it on purpose, but. You know that sometimes. we're not that big a deal because we don't have the canned <laughs> response yet. You'll, you'll know when, like, we've really made it into yeah. the, 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 the high level. Hey, when... you know what has a canned opening? And I'm going to give a little promo for okay. it is the, the new podcast, oh, yes. The Heart of Pastoring, mm. which should be available now as of, as of this airing. If you enjoyed the For the Church podcast and you're a pastor, aspiring pastor, or just interested in pastoral ministry, check out The Heart of Pastoring. Search for it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. My friend Ronnie Martin and I have put a lot of hard work into working through in this first season. It's the first season that is is now becoming available, working through the qualifications for the pastorate. And mm-hmm. so we just have reflections on, on every episode. Each week will be a new episode. Related to that. And I recorded, we pre recorded mm. a canned opening. So I don't know what that says about that podcast's professionalization versus this one. I feel like this is just more familial. Yeah. I, we're, we're, it's like we're hanging out. We talk about some serious stuff, but yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not like a professionalized thing. I, I think that's the appeal to the, the FTC podcast. Is yeah. I, I've heard from a lot of people that it's kind of easy listening. Um, mm. and, you know, so you can. For a like run, the Kenny Loggins of podcasts, where <laughs> we're the just kind of chilled out. Cross. Sailing takes me away. Okay, now this is going weird. You never heard that song? Nope. No, nope. it's like yacht rock. When like, you were uh, recording listening. the Heart of Pastoring, uh, yeah. I met your wife and Ronnie's wife in the student center. You were you yeah. were in the middle of recording, <laughs> yeah. and we were just chatting away with them, and uh, it was it was a good chat. But yeah, you know, I just thought. Slightly left out, but, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I can't do everything with you, Ross. I know, I know. I, 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 it was, it was very much a moment where I had to think of you in the best light. Okay. Um, oh you know, man, uh, <laughs> that's just enduring. Hey, you know that this episode is also um, a few days after the Super Bowl has aired, uh-huh. and at the recording, we don't yet know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. But go Chiefs. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Sure. Do you watch the Super Bowl? Uh, we we did last year. Okay. Actually, we have done the last two years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that, I, so I engage with American football for a kind of cultural engagement so I can actually understand what people people are enjoying. <laughs> okay. But as I've done that, I, I really only watch the Chiefs games and my wife is an Eagles fan because she likes the color. That's weird. She likes the color of their... <laughs> okay. <laughs> of their equipment and sports stuff. But yeah, I, I've kind of been getting more into it. I've also been listening to 
uh, New Heights, the Kelsey Brothers podcast. Oh, interesting. Um, so okay, it's it's quite any, uh, quite different from uh, material in there. Yeah, they yeah. There's, okay. a bit, there's quite it's quite okay. different language than FTC oh, podcast. Wow. Um, yeah, okay, they, they but, don't have the. Uh, so I've been getting into clean it. Clean rating. I know enough now about American football that you're not a happy fan. I'm ass- assuming at the current phase of life uh, of your team. Oh, okay. You're talking about the the New England Patriots. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got the third overall pick in the draft, uh-huh. so there's that's the upside. Yeah. Um, the big question right now, and probably by the time this comes out, it may have already been decided, but will Belichick be back next year is the big question. From what I'm reading and from yeah. the little I understand is my assumption is no. I don't know. I wouldn't assume that. I He's a stubborn guy, and um, unless they just outright fire him, I don't. Yeah. I can't see him resigning. Age-wise, though, he's going to time at some point, you would N- think. Man, he, his religion is football. <laughs> I think he's going to die on that field. That's that's right. If he if he leaves New England, he's going somewhere else. I, I okay. don't think he's going to call it quits. I, yeah. I would be surprised if he called it quits. Yeah. But in any event, I'm flying back. I made this mistake. I never put it on my calendar when the Super Bowl is. Mm. I mean, I always know it's like the first or second weekend of, of February, February, but this is like the second time in the last few years that I have had a speaking engagement uh, on Super Bowl weekend and I'm flying back during the Super Bowl. So I'm oh, going to be no. on a plane. <laughs> and hopefully I'm on a plane where I can watch it on my iPad or something. So, but it's it's not the same as being home. And, I knew someone that was on a plane last year, a same thing, and uh, the pilot said, please, nobody share the scores. Oh. We're going to land five minutes before the game ends. I don't want to okay. know. Like he announced, like, don't say anything. Yeah. And uh, the reason I know this, because I was like, kind of like a, on a media thing it shared and he said, everyone was really polite. Everything was really great type thing. And the last passenger that stepped off the plane told him the score and then ran. And you're just like, don't, oh, don't be jerk. that person. What a jerk. And in my move. household, we were watching uh, last year's Super Bowl uh, Chiefs and, and Eagles, and I was enjoying it. My wife was not enjoying it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, people always find it weird that my wife supports the Eagles. So Yeah, it is kind of weird of yeah. all the teams. Yeah. You know, it's a grab bag episode today. Yeah. and I, This is the second one of these. Do we want to talk about our feelings on the grab bag? Well, the feedback's really good. <laughs> feedback's been We've really good. We've done one, yeah. and people really enjoyed it. They The, the feedback has been good. But internally, do you have negative feelings well, about I, it? I, I've shared with you. There okay. was. Uh, uh, you thought my questions weren't serious enough. I, I thought they were lame. I, it's lame? <laughs> I thought I was actually bringing some interest to the podcast. You're like, let's talk about dating. Let's turn this episode into every other episode. This is like topical. I wanted to talk about things that people yeah. might actually be interested in. So you in. actually shared, like, you knew I would ask, like, the big, heavy, yeah. kind of serious I brought questions. something slightly more serious uh, this time around because I've, I've I flipped, didn't want you. I've brought something slightly Whoa, lighter this time. okay. So. But, yeah, everyone right. loved it, and I feel like we played to our strengths. I, I asked the big, serious <laughs> questions, and you asked the, what do you want to be when you grow up uh, question. That, you know what? That's person. That's personable. Actually, a lot of people, yeah. I would say, easily ten people have talked to me about the fact that I applied to be in the, uh, in the police force in the UK. Yeah. Um, so, granted, people loved it, but I don't know. I my wife actually said I should prepare light questions because Jared doesn't want it to go for like another serious <laughs> episode. I went, no, no, this is got this is FTC podcast. You know, yeah. we deal with stuff. I mean, it's for the church, uh, and it turned out she was right. Okay. Well, I'll go first you this go time. You go first then. Okay. And speaking of for the church, okay. here's my question. You uh, can determine if this is serious enough for uh-huh. you, okay. if this is weighty enough. What is something that the American church, uh-huh. I guess I should say the church in the United States, could learn from the church in the UK? Okay. And vice versa. Okay. 
That's quite, you say something that's like, quite a good uh, question. Yeah, maybe it's a, almost like a pro and con, but what's something? Yeah, yeah. it's quite a good question. So uh, <laughs> I thought it was. I don't need <laughs> oh, your God. approval, but okay. <laughs> um, so we actually just went back to the UK for a week and something we really spotted in the UK that I think the American church can learn. And, and it, it, it feels like a cultural thing because it's, it's based around a drink. So uh, <laughs> this isn't an iron brew thing. The, is no, it? an iron okay, brew right, thing. Right, right. So most UK churches after the service will have tea. And, okay. and people will come around and, and kind of share tea. So at the church we visited after the morning service, everyone went to the kind of cafe area and they all shared a cup of tea together and had some fellowship and chat. They had an evening service. And again, after the evening service, for almost as long as the service was, was tea time when you can kind of sit around tea. When I did pulpit supply in Scotland, there was one church at Bells Hill Baptist Church. They would have tea and toast after the service and you would go back to the other room and lots of kind of good fellowship. I haven't really experienced that here in the States. Mm. There is coffee, but but the idea is like you bring coffee into the service or you have coffee before the service. Okay. But the idea of staying after the service for 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half to, to just have tea and chat and fellowship. I don't know of one church in the UK, they actually have to switch the lights off to tell people like it's time to go. <laughs> um, so I would say that the, My church in Vermont was a little like this. Yeah, so we had I, soup I, Sundays for like an hour, or two hours. Yeah, after I the don't really yet. know if if this is something just the churches I've experienced, but but we've traveled a bit and visited quite a lot of churches, and yeah. almost universally in the UK, you would have that kind of tea time afterwards, the fellowship time. Okay, where here I would say it's been an abnormal experience to have that. So even in, when I go on pulpit supply, often they want to chat with you, but you're talking fifteen minutes after a service, and then everyone's off to lunch. And, and I'll just kind of roll into this as well. It would be fairly abnormal in the UK to go out for lunch after church. Okay. You go to someone's house for lunch. So you would have a traditional kind of, what you would have for Thanksgiving, we would kind of have on Sundays. Oh, interesting. Uh, and okay. we would have it almost, because like when we have- Like turkey? Yeah, you would okay. have a roast dinner, roast, roast beef, roast turkey. If you're in Wales, you probably have a, a leg of lamb. Do you know, it, it would be common. So- like an, a half an hour to an hour of tea and chat and fellowship and then back to someone's house for lunch where I, I haven't experienced that here in the States. And here's why I think that would be important here to learn deepened relationship and fellowship. Like that that's what it produces. This is not just we're coming to church and then we're off to lunch. It's we're really spending time together. And Miriam and I have tried to instill that here. It's fairly common for us to have lunch with people at our home on Sundays, fairly common for us to try and hang around church as long as we can to have that fellowship. But I, I haven't experienced it. And I feel like the American churches, and again, the American churches that I've visited sure. are missing out on something. They're missing out on a real beautiful kind of fellowship time. Fairly common in the UK to go to someone's house for lunch and then kind of go to the evening service together. You kind of just leave from that person's house. In our last church we served in Lincoln, Every Sunday, without fail, we would have anywhere between five and 20 people around for lunch. And, and again, if people are listening in the UK and you don't do that, that would be, again, abnormal in the UK for not to have lunch at someone's house. So I think the American church is missing out on that, missing out on really beautiful fellowship, not around a sports game, not around a, a kind of outdoor restaurant or something like that, in someone's home having that time or in the church, sharing a warm drink together, chatting, catching up with people. So okay. I, I think that that's something I mentioned. In terms of what the, the, yeah, the, other, way the, the other way, I think the British church, and I actually met with a pastor when I was back in the UK, a new year, misses out on staff. 
in comparison to the American church. So the American church, again, in my experience, multiple pastors paid, multiple staff members paid. Um, usually the church can a size of 100 and above. In the UK, that is abnormal. In the UK, you pay one pastor, maybe part-time administrator, but that's about as far as you go. Wow. It's volunteers for the rest. At bigger churches will pay more, but again, it'll be a skeletal staff in comparison to here. Church of 500 might have two or three pastors, two or three admin, but here you could have five, six, seven pastors paid. The American church, I guess, thought process is let's pay someone to do the job. Yeah. Uh, the British perspective is this is the member's responsibilities to volunteer to do the job. I think the British church misses out because I think you're limited in what your church is able to do when you don't actually have staff members that are dedicated to doing something like this. So my mother's an administrator for a church, and that's actually a relatively rare role to have a full-time administrator for mm. a church in the UK. And if you don't have that, the pastors are doing it, and therefore they're diluting their time and visitation and preaching and, and caring for members because they're actually just running the church building, if you will. So I think that's something that British church lacks. I talked to a pastor at New Year. I think the biggest reason is money. The British church is a lot poorer than the American church. Okay. Budgets are a lot smaller. Equivalent would be about 50% smaller. And I think generally because salaries are lower in the UK. So again, I've shared this before in the podcast. It wouldn't be unheard of to have a lead pastor in the States at $75,000 to $100,000. That would be extremely rare in the UK. The most you would probably be looking at is $45,000 for a lead pastor. So... I think because of money is tighter, uh, they just employ less people. But I think they miss out because I think churches are stunted because they don't have those staff members. To do gotcha. It. All right. Good question. Yes. Yeah, I material. approve. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go the. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to go the light way. Okay. Uh, this time, how has it been returning to week to week preaching? You you've oh, uh, yeah. you've taken on the position of teaching pastor preaching pastor at Liberty Baptist Church. You're now back to week-to-week -week preaching. You you weren't necessarily doing that before. You were mm -hmm. traveling a lot. How's it been, being back to the kind of week-to-week -week preaching? Hard and awesome. So hard and just trying to get back to these rhythms. You you asked me, you know, before how the book was yeah. going. <laughs> so as I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, I've got to finish this book, and I'm prepping a weekly sermon, I was thinking, how do how do I do this? Mm. And I thought, well, I used to do this. I did this yeah. for any number of years, was writing books while I was preaching every week. And I had children at home at the time, too. So I don't know how I did it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why I was on the you know verge of burnout all the time. So I got I to gotta figure out that rhythm. Yeah. But it's also been awesome. Like, I, I've started actually prepping sooner each I've week. I've noticed that. You've posted your prepping kind of like Sundays, Sometimes Mondays. even a week ahead, which is, that's very abnormal mm. for me. But it's like, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm sure that'll wear off. I'll, I'll get, I'll get you some. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm, I'm so excited about like, okay, where am I going to go next week? Then mm. I start actually kind of working through the passage earlier in the week than I, you know, have previously or, mm. or at least previous rhythms. And man, it's been it's been great, as as you know, and those who do it know. There's there's nothing like, yeah, working through a book. There's nothing like preaching to your people. Yeah, one thing I've enjoyed in the last, you know, so I do some ministry coaching for guys, and they can get a phone call or they can get a sermon review, and some of the guys take sermon review, and so I've been watching some some sermons and yeah. you know strengths and weaknesses, et cetera. But one of the things I've really enjoyed is. No one I've heard so far is like preaching for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. They're preaching to the people in yep. the room. 
and you can feel that. And certainly as I'm watching, if, if I'm watching the video, I can see that. Yeah. And it's just different where you can interact with people or you have, you know, the people you're preaching to. So, you know, the kinds of things to yeah. you know, content illustration. So even if you're not like mentioning somebody, you know, what's going on in your church. And mm-hmm. so you're able to bring up things illustratively or applicationally. There's just nothing like it. Yeah. It's not the same. I mean, I, I still, you know, I enjoy traveling to preach and sometimes I preach places where I, I'm somewhat familiar and I know mm-hmm. the, those people better than others, but it's still, it's like, it's content. It, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's spiritually effective. I'm, you know, hoping that I'm able to pastor in that moment as well as someone who's just popping in and popping out can do, but it's not the same thing as feeding yeah. the flock. I, um, mi- I missed week. that. I, I was away yeah. preaching this past weekend. And again, it's the, you're, you're doing your best to try and serve the people in front of you, but, but you don't know them. You know, the, the, the ilk, you kind of, kind of understand that did a sermon review of a, a young guy recently first sermon in his in his church and again lots of issues lots of things he needs to work on but you could just sense it was like he's speaking to his people yeah. do you know mm-hmm. I, i've sensed that in your preaching at liberty I, i've been away for quite a few of your sermons i've been preaching elsewhere but i've been able to listen to them and it's interesting even just listening on the podcast without seeing it without being in the room you can you can still even tell that you're preaching to Liberty Baptist Church, yeah. uh, and you can tell that makes sense. I, I understand why you joked that way, or said it that way, or encouraged yeah. that way. Your your first sermon on Malachi was the start of the year. I listened on the way driving to a church, and I, and I felt this landed really convictingly hmm. for for me, and I think for our church. Where I don't know if it would have landed in the same way if you preached it elsewhere. So I've heard some good feedback on it. That was when I was not feeling well. That was what you sounded like. I you were almost like was gonna. Yeah, I, I, one of our residents was on call in case Sunday yeah. morning. I just didn't feel like I could do it. And I decided to do it, but the Lord was very kind. Hmm. The other thing that preaching week to week in the same place does, at least for me. I know some guys struggle with this, but like if I'm traveling to speak somewhere, I'm thinking I've got to hit it out of the park. Yeah, I've got, I've got one shot at this conference or yeah. one shot at this you know workshop or whatever, and it's got to be good. They got to feel like they get their money's worth mm-hmm. if somebody's paying. You know, whatever. Like I've I've got to like really do well. Yeah, I got to perform in some way. I feel that pressure yeah. when you're preaching week to week to the same people. You like yeah. no, some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to yeah. be eh, okay. It's just. That's the rhythm of yeah. every week. You just want to faithfully preach the word and you're going to let the Lord decide if it's going to be a home run or not yeah. a home run. Or, like that pressure, at least for me, is is diminished because I'm, I'm yep. like, I got a lot of these. And so they don't all have to be humdingers, yeah, you know. <laughs> I agree. I, I say to people, um, especially new preachers, preaching in your own church, remember, they already, already love you. They're, they're willing yeah. to kind of look over the mistakes. And yeah. if you stumble, fine. Uh, they, they'll give you that grace. But when you're preaching elsewhere... I mean, I was losing my voice last week. There was just this sense of, oh, man, they've, they've just asked me to preach and I'm losing my voice. I'm, mm. I'm giving them the worst part of me. And that pressure really mounts. And it was interesting. Miriam actually just said to me uh, recently, it's funny, uh, traveling around to preach, both of us kind of do a, f- a fair amount. It sounds exciting mm. until you then do it. <laughs> and then you realize <laughs> yeah. the pressure's quite a bit. Yeah. You know, you really have to kind of get into it. So, no, well, I'm glad you're preaching I say this, you're preaching every week, but then in February, you're not preaching I'm at not all. I'm not preaching uh, in February. Well, uh, I am preaching, just not at Just not at church, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, hit me up with your next question. Okay. How's this for you? <laughs> okay. What's the one thing, Ross, you want to be remembered for? Oh, wow. Put it on your tombstone. Put it in your obituary. I think there is a spiritual answer to this. 
and then there's one that's not the spiritualized answer to this. Okay. So I'm going to kind of give you, I know it's two things, but I, I, I think, so I, I have a phrase that I will sign off all my emails and I use it quite a lot. And, and it's been something that's, that's hung with me for a long time. And the phrase is all for Jesus. Mm. And, and it's something that I actually asked my previous church as I left what have I been known for? And it wasn't an ego trip. It was a, like, I'm, be, I'm being honest. Please be honest with me. What has my time been known for? I want to kind of have a, a real think about that. And actually that phrase came up a lot. And it's something because I really believe in it. It doesn't matter what I do, what I'm saying, what ministry I'm involved in, how my family life is or not is. I want to be known for being all for Jesus. It doesn't mean I'm getting everything perfect, but everything I'm delving into or doing he's that focus and so if that if that was on my tombstone all for jesus i, mm. I would i won't want people to say well he wasn't perfect and yeah at times he really did push the limits but there was no doubt he always tried to be all for jesus even if it was in a warped sense do you know um, <laughs> okay um so that's the kind of spiritual answer and i yeah. think i think if you ask that to most people that are christians they would want something along those lines sure for for a kind of non-spiritual answer if you will that I deeply loved and cared for my family. Uh, I think that's a spiritual answer too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not just going for the quote corny one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for me, that's very personal because I, I kind of grew up in a household with a, an alcoholic father who died younger and, and I didn't have a father from the age of 13. And, and so I, that that's really important to me that, that I'm raising my, my family in a way that they they know that I deeply love and care for them. And I want others to know that. So we, we have a lot of students kind of rolling in and out of our home. And and I, I've actually been very open with them before of saying, you do realize that you don't just get to walk into my house. Like I am the protector and lead of this household. Your behavior is seen by my children. You, you know, you can't come into my home and lead them astray. So I am very protective of my home, very caring of my, my children. And in that sense, I don't think anyone's in doubt when they come to our home and be part of our family that that those that are part of our family mean something to me as well because they're 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 being in. So I guess that's the the serious side of, and I and I hope that no one's in any doubt of that right now. Of of just almost I I'm fiercely caring and loving of my family, and if anything was to keep me up at night, it's usually because I'm not doing that well on that side of things. Mm. Uh, that's the type of thing that I, I run for. So if, so if you could have on my tombstone, you know, Ross Ferguson, all for Jesus, who fiercely loved his family, that, okay. that would be my thing. It just costs some extra money. probably. Costs some extra money. Yeah. I actually remember when we did my, uh, when my, we did my dad's gravestone, they charged per letter. Yeah. And I remember thinking, are you, are you, are you kidding me? Like, that what did you want them to charge by? I don't know. Just like one lump sum of money. <laughs> Do you Didn't know, put anything on there? Do you know? Fill the whole do you know front. What, actually, what my dad said after Psalm twenty three. Yeah, after my dad died, he said, "Don't pay for a tombstone. Just stick a wooden cross in, in the ground." He said this after he died. No, before he died. Okay. I was in four. <laughs> my word! Uh, but at fifteen year anniversary, we actually put a gravestone on. So yeah, oh, okay. I, I, and I think I don't know. I think a lot of people would probably answer in that way. Uh, yeah, uh, but th those are two very, very important things to me. So. Yeah, I didn't know if there was something like specific mission, passion, but I think the family, like you, you acted yeah. like that was, you know, a less spiritual thing. But 
I yeah, mean, that, I think that genuinely that is something that is just so important to me sure. having had the childhood that I had. So just simple things like I, I don't drink alcohol because my father was an alcoholic. I wanted my children not to suffer in the way that I, I suffered. Yeah. You know, I, we have actively chosen career paths so that we could be a family together and not actually serve in such a way that I'm siloed out. So uh, a lot of decision process, even just this weekend, I, I was away pulpit supplying. I was very clear, this is when I can arrive and this is when I'll leave because I didn't want to be away from my family more than I, I absolutely had to. Yeah. When we travel for pulpit supply, often my family will come with me. It's 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 a very high level thing in our lives. We plan our ministry, our faith and everything so that we can do it as a family. No, that's good. Okay, I'm going to give you a deeper one. I don't know. You can take it whichever way you want. (laughs) Um, How do you personally balance being in the world but not off the world? How do I personally balance being in the world but not of the world? It's a deep question. And a good one. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's good. We'll see if my answer saves it or not. I don't need your permission. Um, Well, to be of the world means that worldliness is influencing Mm -hmm. your attitude, behavior, thought processes, your heart. And so there's a couple of things. So if you're just thinking of like the things that you're taking in, consuming in some way, Mm. taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So you're measuring, you're not a passive consumer. Yeah particularly of content that would include worldliness in it or depictions of worldliness in it, is it content that glorifies that worldliness Mm. or is it depicting it? But then even in your own sort of consumption of it, is your thought process just to enjoy Mm. or is it to actually process, to actually, Mm. you, you have a filter by which you're able to say, this is worldly, this isn't worldly, this is, you know, or what have you. I also think looking for truth, redemptive truth in things, right? Test all things, cling to what is good. There's an aspect in which to be a critical watcher. This is, by the way, why I don't really like Christian movies. <laughs> you usually come back to that. Because I like to be challenged in my entertainment. I mean, there's, you know, yep. dumb entertainment, you know, that I'll watch or listen to that's just for fluff. But as a as a reader, writer, I'm constantly like, what is this saying? What's yeah. this meaning? What's this message? And I think consuming content on that level puts me more at guard. It doesn't make me invincible, Mm. of course, from being negatively influenced by things, but um, it it puts me more on guard against what's, what the content is. So it's not just passively kind of, you know, filling me up. Um, I think when you have what keeps you from being of the world is not living your life in the world in a silo or insulated Mm. from people around you who can say, Hey, why'd you say that? Or what are you, why are you thinking that? Or I see this pattern in your life or there's rhythms in your life that seem a little off kilter. If you don't have any accountability, it's harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you would tend to be more of the world, I think, if you don't have, you know, the sharpening of brothers yeah. and sisters as well. And then just the spiritual disciplines. If you don't have a regular discipline of, if I don't have a regular discipline of being in God's word, mm. talking to God in prayer, then I have, I'm, I'm dulling my sensitivity yeah. to the things of the Spirit. I'm dulling my sensitivity to things that should be, you know, rightly offensive mm-hmm. or that would be spiritually harmful to me or would be, you know, temptations to me yeah. and, and areas of drift in my life. The more I sort of, you know, let more lead out with my spiritual disciplines, 
the more sort of adrift mm-hmm. I've become in terms of these other things and more susceptible yeah. to the, you know, to currents of, of, of things. I don't know if that gets at yeah. the question, but those yeah. are some layers that I sort of. That third through, one I think. I think is really important because I was thinking, you know, along the lines of what, what is in my life that is just there because the world says it should be there. Yeah. And if you have the spiritual disciplines active in your life, you'll find that actually the, the, that list will be very low because you're you're always trying to apply, you know, yeah. scripture to it. And and so I was just thinking like simple things for, for our listeners, you know, mortgage, retirement, cars, entertainment, job, you know, how much of that you're just doing because that's kind of what the world says you do. Do you know, you know, I'm saving for retirement because the world says I need X amount of money for retirement. Or are you saving for retirement so that you can actually serve the Lord in retirement and be able to, you know, care for your family in those times. So it's just one of those things of, I, I think that third a- aspect of the spiritual disciplines really helps. And I think it was really interesting you were saying towards the start, you know, enjoy the entertainment that it is in the world, but we enjoy it in a different level. We're always yeah. thinking, I know in a lot of your kind of movie watching, going to the theatre, you will often post things like it's a picture of how Christ does this or it reminded yeah. me of this verse. We think about things in a different lens and I think that's a key. We are in the world but not of it when we are always looking at the world going, well, what is Christ here? You know, thinking eternally through that lens of Christ onto earthly things. So, no, you... you yeah. Is that okay? Was you that... Yeah, your answer is... Your answer is... <laughs> I, mean, what's, I mean, not everything that's permissible is profitable. So even in areas yep. of Christian liberty doesn't mean that we... Yep should exploit that liberty to mm-hmm. indulge in anything, even things that maybe yep. others by conscience could. Yep. So I, I, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all yeah. uh, approach there. But to just be careful to say, like, what is this feeding me? Yep. And am I susceptible to it in ways that I don't yeah. maybe realize? And and that just involves being conscious and, yeah. and you know, thinking through. I think even on that and the diff- different, different people's viewpoints, you know, the world says you do what you do, you be you, you know, yeah. live your best life now. And so often that will mean they'll do whatever they want. Whereas Christians, we want to be, yes, in the world, and there's things that are permissible to us. But the question might be, should I continue doing this? Because actually I know my brother or sister is offended by it. And do I really have to do You know, we're thinking in a very different yeah, way, right. a selfless, sacrificial way. So yes, I can be in the world and do those things, but I don't want to be off the world. I don't want to think, oh, I get to do this, so I'm just going to do it. I want to think in a different way. So no, I think I think it's yeah. a, a question for all of us to maybe just think through off how do I best live in this world that we're in? Yeah. You said you're going to bring light questions. You didn't bring light questions. So next time I'm really expecting you're going to bring some lighthearted. Uh, I mean, I did. Stuff, I asked, you know? how are you uh, doing with your preaching every week? That, <laughs> I felt like that was light. Oh, okay. All right. I guess that's light. I do have okay. like two really light ones, but. We'll, okay. we'll leave them You're for next save those. You're saving up grab bag. Saving up grab bag ones. Yeah. Well, second, so light, I'll be able to second like installment, 10. grab bag part two. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode or just the podcast in general, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.